Okay, so now, so now we're picking up bottom of Ayin Tesla base, but literally last two words, 79b says, So Yishlakish says, I will say, this, this concept, this concept that we're so mechan kruches, so this is actually a very interesting idea. You know, so here, what we're saying is as follows, that if you have a woman and you have kids, and those kids follow after this woman, that Lashon of Kruchim, that is enough to solidify the genealogical fitness of the kids. The fact that they follow after her, that indicates that those are her children, and that's enough. So Reish Lakish says, Lo shanu ela That's only true, halacha so what we call kachyagvul. Now what, what's kachyagvul? Look at Rashi. Lo shanu ela, the samchinon akruchin ela kachyagvul. Im koin hu ochlim bekachyagvul, mishehebi raya ala isha. I'm just reading Rashi. Sheik sheira, lekuna. Somchin ala banam akruchin achara lomar, lomar, lomar banahein bein chalolin. So what is kachyagvul? Kachak will things like truma and things like chala. Things that if you're a Kohen, you're allowed to eat wherever you are. They need not be consumed in Yerushalayim. They need not be consumed, of course, within the precincts of the Beis HaMikdash. So what Yishlokish is just saying is like this. When we rely on kruchen, when we rely on the fact that these kids are following after this woman in order to be able to solidify that they are her children, that is only halacha lamaisa in Kachak that's only for things like truma and chalo. The Gemara says, But interestingly enough, it doesn't work for yichos. It doesn't work for yichos, which I will say is a little bit ironic. Why? Because our whole topic over here is yichos, right? In other words, we're not talking about consumption of Kohanic gifts or Kohanic entitlements. We're talking about yichos. Yet Reish Lakish comes along and says, Kruchin, children following after a mother, only works for Kachak does not work for Yichos. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, Afilu biyuchsin. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, it works even for Yichos. Even for Yichos. Um, that could be also good. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna drill down to that a little bit more, Mir Sashem. Yeah. So Rashi says over here, Aval Yuchsin, Rashi says in Yesh Bahen Banos Enonisos Lakohanim. Now in general, remember for Yuchsin, the major piece of Yuchos is always for the Kahuna. Right? In other words, as long as we're not talking about a situation of potential mamzerus or something like that, right? the concern is usually for marriage into the Kuna. Absolutely. <laughs> sorry, Rabbi Yochanan says, I'm sorry? So, so Rabbi Yochanan says, right? So Rabbi Yochanan's idea over here is that, no, this works even for Yichus. Kruchin is enough to go ahead and say that this Family, these children are miyuchas, and therefore these girls, if they are daughters, can marry even into the kuhuna. Vaz Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan goes according to his reasoning. This is actually fascinating. The Gemara says, "The Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Abba Rabbi Yochanan, Malkin ala chazakos, the soklin v'sarfin ala chazakos, v'insarfin shum ala chazakos." Let's listen to this. Rabbi Yochanan holds in general that Allah chalamaisa, you could do like this. He says you could administer malchus on the basis of a chazaka, right? Remember again, let's just define our terms. A chazaka, how would you define chazaka? Right? A presumption which creates halachic reality. Right? So chazaka, chazaka says we know things to be a certain way because at one point in time, well, we know things to... Things were a certain way, and Chazaka says if things were a certain way, we continue to assume that they are that way until we know to the contrary. So Rabbi Yochanan says something very interesting. Rabbi Yochanan says that Allah so we administer Malkus based on Chazaka, and we go ahead and we administer Skila, right, and Srefa based on Chazaka, but we won't burn Truma based on Chazaka. Okay, now we'll say just to, now that's a lot over there, right? Remember, when do we burn Truma? What, what kind of Truma do you burn? Truma 
right? Truma to me, I can't, right? You burn it. So watch this. So the Gemara says, what's Malkin al Chazakas? What does it mean that you administer Malkus based on a Chazaka? Kerav Yehuda, Trami Yehuda, Huchs is interesting. Huchsaka Nida Bishcheno Sel. Let's see a woman established a Chazaka as a Nida in her neighborhood. And I will say, now, where, now what, what does that mean? That a woman established. So again, remember, Rashi says, "Shara'u shchein osah shehi hayom haysa melubeshes bigdei nidusa." Now remember, bismana gemara we passed bismana gemara. So it's common for a woman to wear separate clothing during the days that she was in nida. So what's the case over here? The neighbors see that she's wearing her nida clothing. So because she's wearing her nida clothing, so therefore again, halacha lemaisa. She has a cheskas nida. So baila lokala mishum nida. So if her husband were to have relations with her, that would be enough for Bezdin to flog him based on the fact that she is wearing her big day nida. Now, of course, remember, we don't know if she a nida, she not a nida. Maybe she ran out of clean clothing and that's, that's what she's wearing. Lemaisa, again, wearing bigadim, wearing clothing of nida is enough to establish cheskas nida, which is enough to cause him to be flogged if he has relations with her. So the Gemara says, Soklin v'sarfin ala chazakos, what does it mean that we administer skila or sreifa based on a chazaki? Kidirava barafuna, dharma barafuna, ish v'isha, tinok v'tinokes. This is a fascinating case. You have a man and a woman, a young boy and a young girl, shikdilu besoch habayis. And both say, so imagine the following case. You have a situation where people present as a family. People present as a family. Now, are they a family? Are they not a family? They present as a family. So what's the halacha? So niskalin ze al ze. So I will say, so now, this is fascinating. So let's see you have people move into a community. Man, adult man, adult woman, young boy, young girl. You see that, circumstantially, it looks like they are a family, right? But now let's say halacha lamaisa, then suddenly again, people within that unit begin having relations with each other. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, what's the halacha? Niskalin ze al ze, benishrafen ze al ze. That was just to point out the difference between skila and sreifa. Again, skila is obviously stoning; sreifa is burning. Skila would be the would be the punishment ultimately again for relations between a mother and a son. Sreifa is between father and the daughter. So that's what it means when it says niskalin minisrafin. So both say so again. Do we know that that adult man, adult woman are father mother to the young children? Do we know that? We don't know that. But we have a chazaka that we've seen them living together as a family. So that presumption ultimately allows us to, to take legal action against them. So Amr Rabbi Shem Ben Pazi, Amr Rabbi Shem Ben Levi, Mushul Bar Kafra, listen to this, Maisa Bi'isha Shabbasa Yushalayim. I say, by the way, so there's a story of a woman who came to Yushalayim. I say, how incredible is it to sit in Yerushalayim, right? I hold right all the time. When everything remembers about Maisa Yerushalayim, I'm 6,000 miles away. Right? What is chos? I mean, this is not a good story, I just want to point out, right? Yeah. But, but nevertheless, <laughs> it's better to learn a bad story in Yerushalayim, Yerak Kodesh, than to learn the best story in Galos. So the Gemara says as follows. So, Maisa Isha, Shabbasa Yerushalayim, Vitinok Murkav Al Ksefa. So, story of a woman who came to Yerushalayim, and when she came to Yerushalayim, she was holding a baby on her shoulder. Big deal also. Then the baby grew up. Uba alal, and ultimately again, she had relations now with this boy or with this young man. Ve'aviyum le'beznin. V'saklam, they brought him to Beznin. Ultimately again, gave skilo. So the Gemara says, Lo mipnei shebna vaday, ela mipnei shekarach achara. I both say, it's incredible. It's incredible. So Beznin administered a death penalty. Now, do we know for sure that this is mother and this is son? Do we know that for sure? We don't know it for sure. But rather, again, there's a pretty good halachic presumption about this, considering the fact that she was introduced, in other words, the way they were introduced to us in the community was as mother and son, and that's the way they lived. So incredible. They insert in Truma, Allah Chazakas, but he won't burn Truma 
based on Chazaka. So he says, Right? Shlokish says, we burn Truma based on the Chazaka. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, I'm sorry, Rabbi Yochanan, Amar in Sarfin, Rabbi Yochanan says, no, we don't. Vazlo Tamayo. So I'll say, where do we see this case? This is quite fascinating. Vazlo Tamayo, this nan. Listen to this case. If you find a child by the side of, standing right by Isa, right by dough, and what happens? There's a piece of dough in his hand. So, so in general, look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says over here, Obviously, again, if you know that that he's holding on the dough, so holding the dough, what does that mean? That means you know that he touched it, right? So you know that the child touched the dough. So what's halacha? So the Gemara Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir says, ultimately the dough is tar. The rest of the dough is tar. say, no, no, the dough is tummy. Why? Because it is the derech of a child ultimately to go ahead and what? To touch things. In other words, I will say, if you look at Rashi over here, it's the derech of a child to touch things, garbage, shratzim. So therefore, because it's the derech of a child to touch things, so therefore what? So watch what's happening over here. The assumption is that the kid touched shratzim, and now I know that what? I know that the child touched the Isa. How do I know that the child touched the Isa? How do I know that? Because he's holding a piece of Isa in his hand. So when you put those two things together, Chachamim say, ultimately, again, it's Tameh. It's Truma Tameh, and therefore you can burn it. Vavinamba, my time, my time with Rabbi Meir. So we'll say, what's Rabbi Meir's logic for saying that it's Tar? So I understand the Chachamim, who say that you'll burn the Truma in this case, because again, the derech of the child is to touch, the, is to touch garbage and shratzim. Right? I know that the kid touched the Isa. How do I know that? Because he's holding a piece of it in his hand. So it makes sense to say you're going to burn it. What's the logic of Rabbi Meir says you're not going to burn it? To which the Gemara says, Kasavar rov tinokos metapkin umiot im metapkin. It's fascinating because Rabbi Meir will say like this. Why it's true? The majority of children play around with shratzim and garbage. Garbage is not really the problematic piece of it. It's much more the shratzim. But a minority doesn't play around with it, with the shratim. Now the dough itself, remember again, has a cheskas tara. Right? The dough itself has a cheskas tara. So the Mara says, It's fascinating. So they will say, what does Rabbi Meir say? Rabbi Meir says, take the miyot, take the miyot. What's the miyot? There's a minority of kids who don't play with shratim. Take that miyot, combine it with what? The cheskas tara of the dough. So now you have a miyot and a chazaka. A miut and a chazaka together are enough to what? To override the rove. To override the rove. Now that's, that's the rove ultimately again, that the rove of children go ahead and play with shratzim. And therefore again, that's what Rabbi Meir says, we could say that the dough is tahar. The rabbanon miuta kimandales. The rabbanon say a miut. A miyot is something as if it doesn't exist. I would say this is a general, general fundamental machlokas when it comes to rov and miyot. So when you have a majority of something, right, how do you view the minority? Is the minority ultimately, again, viewed as if it simply doesn't exist? Or no, the minority does exist. So I will say, so just to give you a classic example of this, we know that midaraisa had betrays bottle, right? Midaraisa on a biblical level, if you have a majority of, let's say you have two pieces of kosher meat, one piece of non-kosher meat, midaraisa, right? The minority is bottle in the majority. So what does that mean? In other words, are you allowed to eat all three pieces of meat or not? So this is a fundamental machlokis harishonim. And it all depends on how you view miyot. Do we say that when there's a rove, the miyot disappears? And therefore, again, what we say is, you know, ta-da, there's, no kosher, there's not no kosher meat over here. Right? The mute, the mute ceases to exist and every kid, everything. Or no, the meat is there. The meat is there. It's just with every single piece of meat, I could tell you, this is part of the roof.
This is part of the rove. So again, it's interesting to see up here that that's the machlogus right Meir and, Shm- and the Chum as well. Right Meir will say the miut is there. So therefore, you can take the miut, go ahead and combine it with the chazaka that the dough was tar, and that's enough to go ahead and essentially combat the rove that the majority of kids play with shratzim. Shmuel, on, sorry, uh, that's right. Chum on the other hand, they're going to say that halacha lamaisa the miut as if it is, 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 is as if it doesn't exist. So therefore, what you have is. Rove of kids play with Shratzim. Chazaka, ultimately, again, that the kids. Chazaka, that the dough is tar. And therefore, ultimately, again, the Rove will, over, will overcome the Chazaka. So the Gemara says, so, Virabanan. Miutek mind less the Good. So the Gemara says, Ruba ve Chazaka, Ruba Adif. And the Rabbanon will say the Miut is as if it doesn't exist. Therefore, what you have over here is a clash between Rove and Chazaka. And when you have a clash between Rove and Chazaka, Rove wins. Rove wins. Which is fascinating. Just why is it that why is it that when there's a clash between Rov and Chazaka, Rov wins? What's the logic behind that? Chazaka, Chazaka is based on what was. Right? So Chazaka says, we say what was is what is. Rov tells you what? Rov tells you what? What is right now. So when you have when you have a clash between again, Rov and Chazaka, that's why Rov ultimately, again, wins out. It's an interesting, hashkafically also, it's a fascinating idea that what determines reality is much more what is right now than what was. If you can't, if you can't figure out what is right now, you can rely on Chazaka. But if there's a way of determining, ultimately, again, what is right now, it's like the Balatanya brings down, the Balatanya brings down in, in the concept of what's the definition of a tzaddik, what's the definition of a rasha, so the Benoni, the Balatanya says, again, it's a big arichos, but the Balatanya explains that your status is determined by where you're holding right now. So if I'm doing a mitzvah, if I'm doing a mitzvah, right now I'm a tzaddik. But one second, two minutes ago I was doing an avera, and three minutes ago I was also doing an avera, because seven minutes ago I was also doing an avera. So the Balatanya says, your status is not defined by what was, your status is defined by what is. So if I'm doing a mitzvah right now, I am a tzaddik. I am a tzaddik. Conversely, if I'm doing a, a, an avera right now, I'm a rasha. Ba'asher Rosham. Ba'asher Rosham. It's, it's this fascinating class, 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 clash in Yiddishkeit. You know, I always say like the, the most incredible words, the best words in the entire shas, best words are my dehava hava. What was, was. The best words, it's liberating. It's liberating, right? Because all of us, like we slept around so much stuff from our mistakes in the past. And where it says, leave it alone. My dahava hava. And, and it's interesting because hashkafically that's being reinforced over here. You have a clash between rov and chazaka, between past and present. What wins out? Present. Present. The power of the Jew in general is the ability to live in the present, the ability to define myself by what is the present. Palatanya, if I'm holding in a good, so we'll say right now, we're learning Gemara, Tzadikim. Tzadikim. I, but what about later on? What about beforehand? Doesn't make a difference. Basher Usham, where I am right now. Again, Gemara goes right. Don't worry, Shlakish. This is a case, ultimately, again, where we will go ahead and burn Truma. As we just mentioned, Rabbi Yochanan says, no, that's not a case where we'll burn Truma. So what is the case, Rabbi Yochanan, where ultimately, again, you'll burn Truma? 
This is a fascinating case. So, Rabbi Yochanan will disagree. He'll say the previous case we mentioned of the Tinok, of the child, who clearly grabbed off a piece of Esau, Rabbi Yochanan will say, we won't burn Truma in that case. I, Rabbi Yochanan, so what is the case where you will burn Truma? What is the case? So watch this, Rabbi Yochanan, this is fascinating. It is not. Esau besoch habayitz, utshrasim utsfardim metaplin sham. So we'll say, now watch this. You have in the house, you have shratzim and svardim, right? So you have a sharetz and a frog. Now we'll say, if you look at Rashi, it's actually interesting. Rashi says, first, second one line in Rashi, shratzim, tsav hadoma litzvardeya, hatsav tomi bar tzvardeya tar. So I will say, this is actually quite fascinating. So a tsav is a toad. So a toad, a toad apparently, again, is a sharetz, but a frog is not. It's fascinating. But obviously, again, I don't know, I couldn't tell if they've ever seen a frog in a toad, right? Apparently, again, they resemble each other. They resemble each other. So now watch this. Here's the case. So let's say you have dough, which is tar inside of the house. And shratzim utzradim metaplinshah. But you also have toads and frogs in the house. So remember again, toads, sharas, shratzim convey tuma to ochlim, to food. Obviously, a frog will not. Vinimtsu chatichos bi'isa. And what do you find? You find little animal parts inside of the dough. Now, the good news is you could just pick them out, right? right? But the shaila is, did the dough become tamay or not? So I will say, now, now the shaila is apparently, apparently, toad pieces, good to know, toad pieces and frog pieces look the same. Right? So now the shaila is, right, you don't know what you're paying. I will say, I just want to point out, it's incredible. Right? To us, we see a Gemara like this, and what's your first reaction? What's your first reaction? Just throw it out, right? Just so I say. So it's fascinating, you know. We we are part of such a disposable society, right? But again, once upon a time, you find little pieces of something inside a dough. You pick it out. You pick it out. That's what you do. You pick it out, and you try to figure out now: is it ritually pure or not? So I say. So what's the halacha? So here we go. Says the Gemara. If the majority of stuff in the house are shratzim, then ultimately again it will be tameh. If the majority ultimately are frogs, then tahora. Ultimately again it will be tahar. So Gimara says, Tanya Kavase Drabiochanan. So Bryce so Bryce Express Rabbiochanan, Shtedvaram Aimbahem Dasli Shal, Vasom Chachamim Kimash Kima Shiishlem Dasishal. So Rabbi I just want to point out over here. Everyone will agree, or it seems to be that everyone agrees that halacha lamaisa, there is, there is a situation, or there is a scenario in which you will go ahead and burn something. You'll burn shuma, or you'll burn, you'll, yeah, you'll burn the isa based on, based on a suffix. Right, there is a, or based on a chazaka, right? So over here, or based on a rove. The machlokus just is which case you're going to allow to fall into that category. So Gemara says, "Thank you, Rabbi Yochanan." There's a bright that's from Rabbi Yochanan. Shnei dvarim einbam das lishal. There are two things that Rabbi say, technically speaking, einbam das lishal. What does it mean einbam das lishal? You don't have the ability to inquire of them about the actual reality of the circumstances. However, I will, I'll define that better in just a moment. But Chazal made it as if they do have a dasli shal. Now, I will say now, in general, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, or it's actually the last Rashi on the daf. Rashi says, so Rashi says, Remember, when it comes to Tumah, we generally have two oper- operating principles. Operating principle number one is Safik Tumah Bershus Hayochid. 
is going to be tummy. That's based on that's based on sota. And suffik tuma bershus harabim is going to be tahar. That's piece number one. Piece number two is we have a general along that same that same same lines. If you have a suffik tuma bershus hayochid in order for suffix tuma, doubtful case of tuma, to be tame in rishosyach in a private domain, the object, so to speak, or person involved in the tuma has to have the ability to converse. You have to be able to ask a question. This is all based on sota. But if halacha the person or the object to that matter, is ein bodas lishal, you don't have the ability to converse with them, to ask them about the circumstances of their tuma, then ultimately, again, sveiko is. Tahar. There are two exceptions to this rule. There are two times that Chazal went ahead and took something that doesn't have dasli shail and made it as if it has dasli shail. One of the two cases. So the Gemara says, Tinok uh, va'odacheres. It's the case of the case of the child and the additional one. So Tinok hadam. So we'll say the Tinok case. That's the case we just said before. That's the case of the kid who's playing next to the dough, has a piece of dough in his hand, has a piece of dough in his hand, and what? And again. We say that the dough is going to be tummy. Why? Based on the fact that rove, that rove, ultimately again of children play around with shratzim. Vodacheres, mahi. What's the other case? Listen to this case. You have a piece of dough inside of the house, right? Or a dough inside of the house. Vitanagolim, you also have chickens, right? You also have chickens. Labor dig, right? Beforehand, you had toads and frogs. Baruch Hashem, now you have chickens. So, Vitanagolim, umashkin tmeim sham. Now, I'll say you have chickens, chickens, and you also have impure liquids inside of the house. So, watch this. What's the halacha? Umashkin tmeim sham. Vinimtsu. And you find Amad Beis. Vinimtsu. Nikurim, nikurim bi'isa. Rebbe said, interestingly enough, what else do you find inside of the house? What do you find inside of the house? You find little, uh, what's the right word, uh, nekurim, pe- peck marks, peck marks, right? So it's clear that what happened, that the chicken's been pecking at the, chicken's been pecking, pecking at the dough. So we'll say, what's the halacha? Now we'll say, now let, let's just frame this. What am I concerned about over here? What am I concerned about? So I've got dough, right? I've got dough, which is tars. Good. I have chickens. Status of chickens, status of chickens. Chickens are chickens, they're fine, right? Where's, where's the problem? Where's the problem? The problem is now I have mashkim temeim. I have impure liquids. So what's my concern? My concern is that the chickens drank from the mashkim temeim and then went and pecked inside of the dough. That's my issue. That's my issue, and that's my real concern over here. So what's talacha? Tolin. So we'll say tolin means we essentially keep this dough like suspended animation. In other words, we just we kind of just leave it. We're not going to eat it because it might be tummy, but we're not going to burn it. Why are we going to burn it? Why not? Because it might not be tummy. It might not be tummy. And obviously, again, burning truma that's not tameo is a pretty significant transgression. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, Tolin, Im isa zushal truma, chashinun shema shasua tanagolim mimashkina tameim, ubaot hamashket hafeach bechar tumeim, nikru biisa, or so good. Umidika amar shte dram halalo asam kimisha asu, bo dasli shal, vishaninu baakhazen tolin, mikhal de tinok tolin. So we'll say, so again, here's another example, by the way, of a case of ein bo dasli shal. Right, there's no ability, obviously, to inquire of the chicken. No, tell me, chicken, what happened? Right, tell me what happened over here. You can't do that. And yet, again, we're still told him. This is only true, ultimately, again, when you have clear liquids. So we'll say, what's the hap with clear liquids? Clear liquids, I don't know what happened or not. See, we'll say, what, what do I know? What do I know what happened in this case over here? The only thing I know is that what? Is that what? Chicken's pecked it. What don't I know? What don't I know? 
did the chickens drink some of the water and bring enough of the liquid to the dough and pack it with, you know, with, 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 with the liquid wet enough on its beak to convey moisture to the dough and thereby convey to the dough? I don't know that. I don't know that. So the Gemara says, Aval dumim im isa made the but again, if halach halamayis again, it was red liquids. Then I'll say red liquids. If the chicken packed at it, then what? Then what? I would know that it was in the dough. So the gemara says dilma balasinayisa. Maybe not. Maybe it was, well, even in the case of red liquid, isn't there always the possibility that what? That maybe again the moisture got got absorbed by the dough and you can't see it. I'm Rabbi Ochran Davarzeh Shemia Beravi Uperushu Uperushu. I'm sorry Uperusho Lo Shemia. I'm Rabbi Ochran Davarzeh Shama Beribi. I heard this particular halacha from Beribi, Rabbi Shulman Levi Rashi says, Uperosha lo shama. But again, I didn't hear the full explanation. Lo shano ela b'mashkim selulim shebuvan shaltinok nikerba. Well, so even with red liquids, right, or even with liquids in general. So the Gemara says, when do we say that there's a suffix about whether or not the chicken went ahead and took some of the liquid and then packed the dough? That's talking about clear liquids. Clear liquids. Ultimately, again, what's the definition of clarity? That you could see the, you could see the uh, bavua, um, the reflection. Thank you. You can see the reflection of the child in the liquid itself. First of all, look at Rashi just a moment. We'll just finish up the Mishnah. So I will say, I just want to point out what's happening over here. That Rabbi Yochanan is saying, I heard the explanation from Rabbi Yoshua Levi, and I never really fully explained it. Now here's the full explanation. Rabbi Yoshua Levi is clarifying, even in the case of red liquids, even in the case of red liquids, there's still a subject because you could have a case in red liquids where the liquid itself is still clear enough to be able to see the reflection of a child in the liquid itself, lav dafka child, reflection of anyone in the liquid. That could be a case where inachinami it might have been absorbed into the dough. But obviously, again, if the if the liquid itself is dark enough that you can't see the reflection, then enachinami in that case, if the chicken would have touched the liquids and then gone ahead and packed at the dough. I would have known that. I would have known that. And if I don't see that there for Allah, again, I could assume it didn't happen. So bottom line, it was not over here. The bottom line was coming out is like this. If it's clear liquids, then Enochinami, that's going to be the case of Tolan. Because I don't know. If it's red liquids, then what's the halacha? It depends on the nature of the liquid. If it's a lighter shade of red, that you can see the reflection of a child in it, then enachinami, that'll still be a suffix because maybe it was absorbed. But if it's a darker red, then halacha lamaisa, if it's true that the chicken really pecked at it, then you would see that in the dough itself. And if you don't see it in the dough, that's indicative that the chicken didn't peck at it. And if you see it, then you could be sorry of it. And if you don't see it, you can eat it. You can eat it. Because it wouldn't be suffolk in that case either. All right, Jabal say, Shkoyach. Shkoyach. Tomorrow morning, same time. Tomorrow morning, same time. All right, Jabal say, good morning, good morning. We are continuing on Pei Amud Beis 80B at the Mishnah. And Mishnah says as follows. So this actually introduces the interesting topic of Yichud. So lo yisachid adam im noshim. A man should not be alone with two women. Aval isha achos misyachedis im noshim. So this is actually interesting. So one man shouldn't be alone with two women. But one woman has the ability to go ahead and be alone with two men. Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Shimon says, Af ish echad misyachid im noshim. 
Rabbi Shimon says, one man could also be alone with two women. As long as his wife is with him. So again, so, so interestingly enough, so remember, Rabbi Shimon is not really arguing, right? So Mishnah introduces us to the concept of Yichod, that a man is not, that there's a concept of seclusion. Now the parameters of seclusion in Merit Hashem we have to see. So principle number one, a man shouldn't be alone with two women. But a woman is allowed to be alone with two men. Rabbi Shimon says again, a man could be alone with two women, as long as his wife is with him, so Rabbi Shimon even takes it a step further. Not only could a man be alone with two women, but a man could even be, te- now literally it means sleeping in the same inn. But what the Gemara what Rashi explains is that a man ultimately could even be sleeping in the same room as other women, as long as his wife is with him. Why? Ultimately, again, because his wife guards him. And I will say the truth is, in general, it's a profound yisod in marriage. I think in any good marriage, any husband could point to multiple times that his wife has saved him and guarded him from making some pretty dramatic and traumatic mistakes. That Lashna Vipnesha Ishto Mishamarto is a fascinating, fascinating concept. Misyahid Adam im Imo vi imbito, a man could be alone with his mother, with his daughter, the Yashin Imahim Bikir of Basar, and he even has the ability to go ahead and sleep with them in the same bed. Now Bikir of Basar, good morning, Kivano. Right? Bikir of Basar means with physical contact. With physical contact with physical contact between their bodies. So the, good, we'll see that more, more in the Gemara. V'migdilo, but once they become of age, yeshena b'ksusasa, v'zu yashen b'ksuso. They can sleep in the same bed, but both of them have to sleep clothed. Okay, so a lot to unpack in this, in this Mishnah. So we'll say, so first, the concept over here is that the Gemara is introducing us to the concept of Yichud, the idea that ultimately, again, men and women, there's, there, there are parameters as to seclusion between men and women. So the first thing the Gemara says is, my time, my time. So first of all, remember, the Mishnah introduces us to the concept of Yichud with a specific halacha, namely, that one man can't be alone with two women. Now, obviously, we'll say, what are we concerned about? So we're obviously concerned about immoral or illicit behavior. So why is it that one man can't be alone with two women? So my tana de ilio hoil vinoshim daiton kalos alehem. So I'll say so again, fascinating concept. So literally translated. So if first I look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, my time lo So really what the Gemara is asking is like this. The Gemara is not asking as much as why can't men and women be alone with each other. So that's, that's intuitive and that's obvious about the potential problems with that. What the Gemara is asking over here is the interesting distinction between one man can't be alone with two women, but yet one woman could be alone with two men. Why that distinction? So the Gemara says, Nashim daitos kalosin. So Rashi says, Daiton kalon alehen, Ushteyen nochos les pasos. So apparently in the eyes of Chazal, there was a greater possibility that when it's one man with two women, that the women would be agreeable to sin, right? More than ultimately, again, one woman with two men. One woman with two men. That apparently with two women, they would agree to sin and cover for one another. But men, men, which interesting enough, so you see over here, men are, are a bit more focused on pride than, than women are. Men wouldn't cover for each other. So men wouldn't sin in the presence of the other. Women would sin in the presence of one another. Interesting. Just as an aside, it's not our topic for today. In general, the concept of nashim daitun kalen alehem, which which 
is often looked at as a disparaging remark about women is not is not meant by Chazal to be a disparaging. First of all, in general, the role of women, the nature of women, obviously also was understood in a societal context, very different in the times of the Gemara than it is today. But also in general, the concept of Nashon is not a disparaging remark, but rather it represents the idea of the different temperaments between men and women. And the idea, I'll tell you just, uh, no, we don't have time for a story, but if we have time, I'll come back later on. Just, I, I'll tell you very quickly. So I remember when I was first married, I was learning in, uh, in Kolov, and uh, we had one car. So my wife picked me up on a Sunday afternoon after, uh, after afternoon Seder, and we were learning, I remember Masechus Nida. I remember this, and we were learning Parakama Palace, which talks about if a woman miscarries. And the Gemara, the Gemara has all these interesting cases of Hamapelas Kinin Sandal, that if you go ahead and you abort something that is like a, like a fetus, like shaped like a sandal, so is it a birth, is it not a birth, Tomas Leda, not Tomas Leda. So I was newly married, I'm in the car. You know, remember those days like when you're newly married and all you talk is Torah, right? You know, it lasts about four minutes, right? And then I, and so, so I said, what did you learn? And so I start rattling off all the stuff on Hamapelas. And like, I remember like, like my life like turned white, Right? She's like, I don't understand. This woman just went through this traumatic episode. How could it be that the Gemara's entire fixation is on whether or not she has Tomas Lida? And that was the first time. And I remember like, thinking to myself, to be honest, like, that thought never actually crossed my mind. It never, I never for a second thought about a person. Right? I was thinking about a halachic construct. And I realized that, that perhaps, again, also, like, that's what Chazal were referring to, just the fundamental different makeup between men and women. How men have the ability to be totally, like, almost like rational to the exclusion of emotion, which is an unhealthy thing, whereas women have the ability to bring emotion in a positive way into every single thing. So Dait is called Das, Das usually represents intellect. Right, so Daitan Kalslein doesn't mean that someone is not smart and doesn't mean that, but rather Daitan Kal means that a man could look at something totally intellectually and rationally devoid of emotion. The koach of a woman is the ability to bring emotion into everything. Okay, again, not necessarily shaykh to this, but just an important, important qualification in this concept. In any event, the Gemara says, So where do we know this from? So now the Gemara is asking over here, so from where do I know the concept in general of Yichud? From where do we know remes to Yichud? From where do we see, ultimately, again, a concept, a, a hint to Yichud? So remember again, the Torah of here is talking about the Mesis. So the Mesis is someone who tries to convince you to go ahead and do Avodah Zorah. So the Gemara says, it's actually interesting how the Torah phrases it. If your brother, the son of your mother, tries to convince you to do Avodah Zorah, I ask the Gemara Vechi Ben Aim Mesis Ben Av Eno Mesis. I don't understand. It's only it's only your your maternal brother who's going to convince you to do something bad, but your paternal brother is not going to make you do something bad. Ela Lomer Lecha is interesting. Ben Misyachidim Imo. So Vaasra Misyachidim Kalarash Vatar. Rather, we'll say, what does it teach you? It teaches you that a son is allowed to be alone with his mother. Now, now, where do you, now where do you get that from? The idea of Rebbe say, when can you convince something, someone to do something bad? It's an interesting idea. When, when can you do that? When you exploit a close relationship. So, right? so the idea is someone who has nothing to do with you, they're not going to convince you to do something bad. Someone with whom you have a close relationship, that's who could convince you to do something bad. So who does the Torah use as a paradigmatic example of someone who you're close to? Your maternal brother. 
Why, why are you close to your maternal brother? It must be because you're spending a lot of time with him. Right? Why? Because you're spending a lot of time in the same house with your brother and your mother. So the Gemara says, from here you see that you're allowed to be alone with your mother. Now you'll you say to yourself, my gosh, why do Chazal need a drush that I'm allowed to be alone with my mother? It's very simple. My mother is an erva. My mother is an erva to me, right? She's one of the arayos. So I would have thought that because she's one of the arayos, maybe there's an isri yichud. Kamash no. I'm a, even though my mother is an erva, I am allowed to be alone with her. But the fact that there's a drasha to teach me that I'm allowed to be alone with my mother tells me what? Tells me what? That there's a concept of yichud by other arayos. Now, again, to be clear, the concept of yichud is dirabanan, right? It's, it's clear, it's dirabanan. It's not araisa, but rather, again, it's a remez. A scriptural illusion, as they say. So the Gemara says, fine. So I'll say, so that's the drasha. So this is where Chazal, this is from where Chazal went ahead and took this concept of Yichud. I asked the Gemara, Pashti de Krabamaiksiv. So I'll say, okay, that's very nice, beautiful drasha. What's the Pash Pshat? Right? What's the simple understanding of this? So the Gemara says, Rabbi, Lomi Boy Kamar. So Lomi Boy Ben Av, the Sonny Leva, Ayitzle, Eitzos Rose. So as it goes without saying that, what that halacha right? When my paternal brother gives me an eitzah to go worship Avodah Zara, the chances are I'm not listening to anything my paternal brother says. Why? Because I will say there's always an inherent animosity between paternal brothers. Why? Like like most good family machlokes happens over. Money. So there's a natural strife between paternal brothers because remember they're always a shtickle competitive for Yerusha. So when my when my paternal brother goes ahead and tries to tell me some do something bad, I'm not going to listen because I know what he's trying to get me out of the will. Right? So Gemara says, "Elafilu ben Aim delos sanile." Maternal brothers often don't have that same level of competition, right? I'm going thought I should listen to him. That again, Torah is telling me, even if your maternal brother, with whom you have no inherent strife, tries to get you to go ahead and do something you're not allowed to do, make sure to resist the temptation. So the Gemara says, Our Mishnah doesn't have to view Rabbi Shal. What does Rabbi Shal say? say now, now remember, what he's talking about over here is our Mishnah, which talks about the halachos of Yichud, which says that a man, right, that a man is not allowed to be alone with two women, right, is not in conformance with the position of Abishol, because Abishol says a man can be alone with two women. What does Abishol say? This is incredible. I will say, when a baby, when a baby passes away, so the idea over here is that they carry out the baby. They carry out the baby. Literally, again, the parent goes out carrying out the baby. Look at Rashi. Vlad Sameach. Sorry. Vlad Shemes. So the idea is generally, again, when taking out the mace, they would take out, they would take out the body bemita, on a beer, on a, on a funeral beer. A baby is just held in, is just held in the hand. I'll tell you something amazing. We were just uh, we were just yesterday in Hebron, just yesterday in Hebron, and we were walking by from we were walking from the Maara to Beit Hadassah. So you pass by over there in the Avram Avinu neighborhood. So if you remember again, number it's already going back a number of years ago. There was a beautiful little baby. Shall have it pass Hashemikom Dama, who was playing in the playground in the Avram Avinu neighborhood, and she was murdered by a sniper in the Abu Sna Hills. And I remember again one of the most striking, striking images is her father. I don't remember her father's name. Her father was also injured in the shooting. And he, he for the Levaya, he was in a wheelchair. And he was holding her. He 
was, it, it was such a such a overwhelming and, and traumatic and dramatic thing. But the image of, of a father holding his little baby, taking her to Kvurasi Yisrael was like a, an overwhelming. So that that's been that's been the practice in Klaudi Yisrael again already for generations. That for a young baby, now she she was older already. She was already a couple of I think a year and a half, two years old, something like that. Hashem Dama that carry out the baby. So see here they're talking about within 30 days, Yotzei Becheik, V'nikbar Bi'isha Achas Ushnei Anoshim. And ultimately, again, the Leviah consists even of one woman and two men, Avalo Bi'ish Echad Ushnei Anoshim. But not one man and two women. Now that's like our Mishnah. Abishol HaMishnah says, Afilo Bi'ish Echad Ushnei Anoshim. Even with one man and two women. So you see from here that what? Abishol holds, there's no Yichud with one man and two women. It says, obviously not like our Mishnah. To which the Mishnah says, no, no, but say incredible Gemara. I feel the tema Abishol. Can you give me Abishol? Why? Bishas Aninus Taver Yitzre. Incredible. See, I was saying, Abishol says like this. What's the chap? Why is there an Isra Yichud? Why is there an Isra Yichud? Isra Yichud is because Chazal understood that people are people. People are people. And give people the opportunity to sin. And again, we're just busts of a dumb. We'll take it. We'll take it. Maybe not all the time, but enough time that you have to be careful with it. Yes? Why is Kura I'm sorry? Oh, because they, they were talking about over here, bearing out in the field. So remember again, Yichud doesn't just have to be in closed room. Yichud is any situation where no one else is around. So for example, contemporarily, a car late at night, right, driving in isolated places could be Yichud. So it's not just a closed door, it's any isolated situation. So here, if they're burying out in the field, all you have is one man and two women, it's potentially yichud issue. So Abishol says, no yichud issue. Why? Why I will say, because Abishol says, there are certain times in life where the yitzhar hara, where the yitzhar hara is just not active. So literally, the Russian is bishas aninos, at a time of tremendous mourning, taver yitzre. Literally, it literally means the yitzhar hara is broken. The yitzhar hara is broken. So, therefore, fascinatingly enough, Abishol holds that ultimately, again, we do not... He holds that there's no... He, see, he doesn't disagree in principle with the Mishnah. He just holds that contextually or circumstantially, there are certain times where the, where the Yitzhahara is simply not active. Rabbanon savri like Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbanon like Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbi Yitzchak. Mayis onin adam chai. So, we'll say the Gemara quotes the Pasuk from Eicha. Mayis onin gever chai. Gevra al chataov. So literally, again, literally, over what could I, over what could a living person complain? Right, my son in Adam Chai, Gevra al chataov. Literally translated, has a person become a master over his sins? Now, what does this mean? Afilu bishas aninu social Adam yitro miskaber alav. The Rabbanan disappears. The is always active. Always active. Give the Yitzhahara a chance. Levaya, not a Levaya, Simchas, Tsaras. The Yitzhahara is the Yitzhahara. Which I will say, if you think about it, is such a fundamental machlokes over here. Right? We think that it's machlokes yichod. So right? it's not a machlokes yichod. It's a total, it's a fundamental machlokes in the fundamental nature of man. Is, does the Yitzhahara ever take a break? Right? Is there ever a time where I'm not battling the internal wants and desires, lusts and proclivities that exist and reside inside of me? Abashal says, yes. Yes, there are times in life where the heart is so broken, where ultimately, again, the individual is so overwhelmed that the Yitzhahara isn't even a dominant force. And Rabbanan say, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yitzhahara ultimately, again, is always, is always there, and the battle is always going on. The Abishol, Kiksif, 
So what does Vavashol do with this Pasuk? This is incredible. This is incredible. So he says over here, he says, Vavashol kiksiv hahu b'misraim amidosav ksiv. Vavashol this is incredible. Vavashol says this Pasuk is talking about someone who goes ahead and complains. Or someone who, yes, yeah, someone who complains. Or someone who complains about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. A person who questions the ways of the Ribbono Shalom. Watch this. Vavashol ka'amar. Ma'israim amidosav. How could a person, how could a person go ahead how could a person go ahead and question the ways of the Ribbon Hashem? So this is how he's actually, How could a living, breathing human being possibly find it within himself to question the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? gavar al Before a person questions the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, get your own house in order. Get your own house in order. Has a person overcome his own wants, his own desires, his own loss, his own proclivities? Do I have my own spiritual house in order? In other words, Sometimes we question the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. But there's a bigger kasha. So good, that's wonderful. You could do that as long as the way you're running your world is first in order. If your house is in order, then you could question how HaKadosh Baruch Hu's house, whether it's in order or not. But it says, Abishol, there's a person that he, so again, the way he dashes, Ma'is Onin Adam Chai. So tell me, it's a living person. How is it that you're complaining about HaKadosh Baruch Hu? He says, he says al Tell me, again, is your house in order? Are you the right giver? Have you, have you vanquished your own desire to sin? Have you put your own spirituality, your own personalistic sin, your own personalistic home? Is that in order? That now you're questioning Kaddish Baruch Hu? Dayo Chaim Shinasati Lo. You should be happy that I'm giving you life. In other words, sometimes I was saying, this is an incredible Yisod, that sometimes it's, it's normal and natural to question how HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs his world, right? We all see that we, we encounter things every single day. And I'm Israel is living through things now that at the end of the day, we wonder, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what's the plan? What's the plan? But along with those questions has to come a certain sense of humility as well. While I'm absolutely entitled to question, I'm not entitled to indict. I could question, right? That's our tradition to always question. But to recognize that the Ribbon Shalom has his world to run. And I don't understand it. Vaharaya, more often than not, I can't get my own life in order, right? I can't get my own ducks, so to speak, in a row. So if I can't get my own life in order, I'm just one person. So of course, I'm not going to be able to understand how the Ribbono Shal Olam runs an entire universe. And also, an incredible Yisod, we spend so much time getting caught up. And I think it's much more here in Eretz Yisrael, much less here in Eretz Yisrael. Than it, is, than it is often in our diaspora communities, right? We spend so much time trying to understand why this, why this, why this, why this. It's good to spend a little bit less time on the why and a bit more time on the what. I'm never going to understand how HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs his world very simply because that's not my job. It's not my job. It's not in my pay grade. It's not necessary. My job is to figure out what do I do with the circumstances of life that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has visited upon me and that he's visited upon my people. And when I find myself in, in overwhelming circumstances, don't spend time on the theological why, because to a certain degree, that's an exercise in futility. But spend that time and spend that energy and spend those resources on the what, right? What does the Chodesh Baruch Hu want from us in personally trying times, in nationally trying times, if we focus our energies on the what? And it's Beautiful, by the way, right? Because we're learning this drasha, right? In a room that's filled with supplies, right? So again, it's not, so this is base measures, right? That's normally used for shiurim. But in times of crisis, right? So ultimately, again, 
the Torah is important. Of course, Torah is always important, but so is the what. So is the actional piece as well to try to figure out what we could do for our people and how we could be there in times of need. So let's go weiter. Rabbanon will say ultimately again, Rabbanon will say, by the way, just, just this concept that the Itzahara applies even in times of mourning. So he quotes over here this story. This story. So it's Rashi quotes over here that there was a story of a group of people that wanted to sin. Right? So what did they do? So what did they do? So Rashi says over here, uh, 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 yeah, so he says over here, Rashi recalls a story that there was once a group of people that wanted to sin, so what did they do? It's actually pretty, pretty twisted. They feigned the death of a baby. They took the baby out. The baby was alive, Baruch Hashem. Took the baby out, so to speak, for burial, quote-unquote. But it... It was just a pretext to sin. So I'm pointing out over here that you see that people could even sometimes exploit death or utilize death as a, as a pretense or pretend death or, you know, fictional death in order to allow for sin. All right, I will say fine. So bottom line, bottom line, again, there's much more to discuss about Yichud, but the construct as we see it ultimately is one woman is, sorry, one man is not allowed to be alone with two women. One woman could be alone with two men. There are many more. So we're not finished yet with Yichud, but fundamental machlokis as whether or not in times of mourning, is there still Yitzhahara or not? Abba Shaul saying no, Rabbanan saying yes. Again, it seems to me it's a personal thing, but I would definitely think that Allah and Ashkafalamaisa, you know, the Yitzhahara never takes a break. Let's go right. So, also, so again, so this is the two dots. So that's the end of, uh, end, end of our, what, yesterday's daf. Yesterday's daf. Good. So, I'll say, so with that, I'm actually going to record it separately as well.